You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Hallelujah. Hi, guys. I was joking with Sister Elizabeth earlier. And she was like, are you ready for tonight? I'm, I'm nervous. And I sent her those little gifs that, from Mean Girls where I was like, cough, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm blessed to be here and, and to give you guys a word. Um, I've been praying. And, you know, before we ever speak a word, God always gives it to us first, right? <laughs> um, and so, so God was, God's been dealing with me and, and, um, in a good way. <laughs> and, and showing me, um, just, I was asking God, God, what do you want me to speak about? What do you, you know, we've been having an awesome series. Um, it's, it's been so great. So I was like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to speak about? And God began to just kind of stir up something out of me of things that I am passionate about, things that I, things that glorify God. So I'll, I'll start off with this quote. Um, it's from John Piper, and it says, um, he says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard that script, and that, that, um, that quote, but I'm going to say it again. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so when you hear that quote, you think of pleasure, you think of gladness, and and. God is most glorified when, when we are actually enjoying ourselves. Sometimes we think, like, I can't enjoy myself while I'm serving God. I can't, well, I, I can't actually, how is this glorifying God or something? You know, but that, that quote really stuck out to me. Where he's most glorified when whatever we're doing, whatever we're passionate about, if it's bringing him glory, then, wow, he, he honors that. He, that's when he's most glorified. And so those things, pleasure, gladness, those things aren't a bad thing. It's a gift from God. And so I feel like sometimes, when did we, we, we started to believe that God wants to send us to places we don't want to go or to do things we don't want to do? We, sometimes we get that mentality of, of, well, God wants us to do dirty work or, or things that I don't really want to do. And, and that's not the case at all, at all, because yeah, taking up the cross, it does involve sacrifice, right? We have to take up our cross daily. And, and, and that, of course, that does involve sacrifice. It's not always clean. Um, but when we delight in the Lord, because that's what Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So that means to do whatever he's called us to do, no matter how difficult it is. Um, and so oftentimes, though, we are more in touch with the with other people's expectations than our own desires, right? Sometimes we think, I have to do this, or I got to do this, you know, anything like that. Um, and some of us have no idea what we want um, to do 
because we sacrifice our desires on the altar of other people's expectations. So we say, oh, I have to do this because so-and-so is doing this. We start looking at other people, right? We start thinking, well, I have to do that because they're doing it. And that's not the case. You know, we settle for should. We should do it. We have to do it instead of I want to do it. And, and then we wonder why we don't feel the joy of the Lord in what we're doing. We wonder why doesn't it feel so good to labor in the kingdom of God? Because we have set our eyes on somebody else's lane and we are not focusing on the lane that God has called us to be in. And, and it's true. It's, I mean, we've all done it. I've done it. And, and the reason I feel I can speak on that is because I know I've done that. Where you look to the side of seeing what somebody else is doing. I want to do that. Or, no, but we have to know what God is calling us to do. And, and we're listening to the wrong voices. We've been hearing a lot about, uh, I know Brother Fino had preached about um, the voices that are sometimes really loud, you know, and, and some, we got to tone those out and tune them out. And, and Romans 12 too, um, if we, you know, it talks about to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, you know, but be transformed in the renewing of our mind and, and, and all of those things. And, and we, we got to change the way we think. So if we give our ear to other voices of what we should do or have to do, then we're conforming to the patterns of this world. And so what I really want to talk about, and I kind of labeled this message of the voice of gladness. Because God wants you to be glad in your situation. God wants you to be glad in the ministry that you're doing. God wants you to be glad in the house of God with whatever you're doing. He wants you to take delight in it. He wants you to be joyful in it. He doesn't want you to have a mentality of I have to do it or I should be doing it. He wants you to do it. Um, and so we have to understand God cares about the details of our life. God cares about the passions of your life. He cares about the desires of your life. He actually cares what drives you, what energizes you, what, 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 what makes you wanna go. He cares about those things, guys. And, and you know, there's a script, this quote, this guy, his name's Mark Batterson. He's, he's written a couple books, but he was, um, he was talking about sometimes he'll ask church plants and, and ask them, like, where they want to live when they go to, um, to plant a church or whatever. And he said that sometimes the people will say, that, well, look at the demographics and all these things, whatever. And, and he's like, but where do you really want to live? Because when we're most passionate and excited and, and enjoy where we're at, it's going to prompt us to do something, right? And, and he says this in one of the, um, the, this article I was reading um, from this other guy named, sorry, there's a lot of guys in this article, <laughs> but I'm just going to read the quote. It's not mine, so I'm just, I just wanted to cite it. Um, but the voice we should listen to most as we choose a job, um, a career, anything um, to our liking is the voice that we might think we should listen to least. And that is the voice of our own gladness. What can we do that makes us most delighted? Um, I believe that it's a thing that makes us truly get glad. Then it is a good thing and it's our thing. I might even add it's a God thing. So you see, when we delight ourselves in the Lord and, and, and when we're enjoying whatever we're doing, that's bringing glory to God. I'm not talking about, yeah, I'm going go, to go drink and that's going to bring glory to God. I'm not saying those things, but what I'm saying is I'm, I'm wanting to labor in the kingdom of God and build up the house of God, right? Um, and so I say all of this, the voice of gladness, 
and why it's important in our lives because it's the thing that we find most joy in and that God has called us to do to bring him glory. Um, so I want to ask you guys a, cu a couple questions and things for you to just reflect on. What things have you loved since childhood that give you, um, oh my gosh, I can't read my own writing, <laughs> that give you a clue to, to what makes you come alive? Think about things in your own life, things that as a child that, that, that made you have a passion of wanting to do something. I know for me, for myself, I've always loved, I've always loved working with kids. And I do that right now for a living. <laughs> and, and I love it. I enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work. Um, I know that I, I like to just to write songs to Jesus. Um, there's just little things that I know that even as a kid, I knew I liked to be around other little kids and help them as when I was a little bit older. And so I'm asking you guys this thing of what makes you, what's something that you love most in your childhood or, or just things that you find in your life that, that, that makes you come alive, that gives you a passion, even for writing. I, I love to write. Sometimes I tell people I like to write notes, and they're like, you're crazy. Why do you like to write notes? But then I realize that not only me writing notes is not something that I'm just doing it for myself, but I'm doing it to glorify God, because then I find myself writing letters to God. <laughs> and then I find myself bringing glory to God. So you have to really ask yourself, what makes you come alive? What drives you and, and, and makes you... I want to do this. You know, you, you have to, we have to come to that point and ask ourselves. We have to reflect. Um, and then what tugs in your heart? Um, what are some problems in our outside world and, and things that, that you see that you want to fix? You know, we, we can't only be in tune with our own self, right? We can't just think that the world revolves around us because it doesn't. You know, we, we have to understand what, how can I... How can I further the kingdom of God? But what problems come around you that you're like, man, I want to do something. I want to fix that. I want to help this. You know, for me, and I, I'm passionate about, I want to help my generation. I want to help people, you know, see their God-given potential and their abilities. I, 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 and I need help with that. And I, and I have help with that, with my pastors, with, with people in my life that help me, you know, um, Someone said, if it tugs at your heart, it's a place to start. So what's tugging at your heart? What, what, what's pushing you to want to do something? Um, and another question, <laughs> what would you do for free? So these are just questions I'm just, I want you to kind of understand. To, what would you do for free? If, even if you weren't getting paid for it, <laughs> something you love so much, you would do for free. <laughs> um, think, about, think about those things. I, and the only reason why I'm asking you these questions is because I want to, you to start trying to think about these things that drive you, these things that motivate you, these things that energize you, that, that prompt you to not just sit down, but to stand up, but to be active, to be mobile, to do something, right? Um, what energizes you? These are things that we should be asking as we're believers in the house of God so that we can be mobile for the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom of God. Um, and so... Some, maybe you don't know, and, and that's okay, but sometimes people around you do know and see your gifts that we constantly sometimes overlook. So what are some, people, what are some things that people tell you that maybe you're good at? You, we, we need to start tuning in to those types of things. So to know what are things that, that I'm good at, what are things that energize me, that, that, that make me alive, that make me want to do something. 
Um, because when we do that, then we're able to, to discover the gifts and the callings and, and, and the talents that God has placed inside each and every one of us. Each and every one of us, God has placed something inside of us, not only to just have it there, but to help serve, to help serve the world and, and advance the kingdom of God. You know, um, and all of those things are super important because God has called us all to have a voice in the church. All of us, I mean, I know there's a couple of new people here and, and, and welcome and everything, um, but, um, but God has called us to, to have a voice in the church. Many voices that should reflect one voice. Because, see, all of us bring something different to the table. All of us are unique, are different. We're not the same. We're not cookie cutters. We're, we're, we're not just one, 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 one. No, that's not us. God did not design us like that. God, God I mean, I was reading something and it said, God doesn't love us equally. He loves us uniquely. Because there is, there is only one of you. There will never be another one of you. And when you get that around your head, when you know that, you know that you bring something that no one else can bring to the table, that you bring something in this house, because this is our church, right? Is this your church? Raise your hand if this is your church. Then say, this is our church. Say it. Our church. Let's say it again together. What do you want to do? Our church. This is our church. We have to take ownership of our church, right? So all of these voices, everything that we just said right now, our church, we made one voice, but there was many voices with it. One voice, um, collectively reproject and reflect one voice is his voice. But individually, God has given us each a voice, a gift, a purpose. And guess what? He expects us to fulfill that which he has individually called us to do. He doesn't just say, well, I want you to do it as uh, maybe. No, he expects it. He gives it to us as a responsibility. Amen. And he expects to do it. He has individually called us to do it. To impact. To do what? To impact and advance the kingdom of God and build the body of Christ. We all have a mission, right? And, and, and yes, God gave, us, God gave us that mission to to go and, 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 make the, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey his commands and, and all of those things. You know, he's given us that command. And it's our job to do that, to advance the kingdom of God. But guess what? Each and every one of us are going to do it a different way. It's not going to be the exact same way that I do it. It's not going to be the exact same way that Sister Charlene does it. We are all going to do it something for the kingdom of God and advance it, but in a different way. And that's, that's great. Because <laughs> why would you want to be just like someone else when God has designed you uniquely and, and, and created you for a purpose that only you can fulfill? And so, sorry. <laughs> so when we have to, we have to make sure we're confident in the voice of God that has called you and I. You know, um, whenever we do something you know, we, we have to make sure that we're confident in it. Um, I do have, sorry, my scriptures are a little bit, I write too much, I'm sorry. But I want to talk, so I, what I, I see all of that because in 1 Corinthians um, chapter, I think it's, hold on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, and he talks about unity yet diversity in the body. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 
And he says, for as the body is one as, and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So the body is not one, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hen, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, be, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of the smell be? But now God has placed each one of us, each one of the parts in one body, just as he wanted. If they were all the same part, where would the body be? Now there are many parts, yet one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But even more, those parts of the body that seem to be weak are necessary. And so, and then jump down to, to verse 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So remember, I was just telling you guys, we're all one. We all make one, but each of we individually we make it together and God has placed these in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers next miracles then gifts of healing helping managing various kinds of languages are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all do miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in other languages do all interpret but desire greater gifts and I will show you an even better way so Paul starts talking about all these different types of that that comprise of the body of Christ that that is within us Right, and, and so we all bring something. And I really, I really emphasize that because I feel like sometimes we can think we don't bring anything. Sometimes you can come in here and think, well, it's just, I just come to church. I just sit down and I don't, I don't know, I, I mean, whatever, I'm just here. No, God has given you a purpose and a destiny for your life and he wants you to fulfill it. He doesn't want you to just stay sitting on your hands and be like, I don't know what I can do to you. Because whatever is driving you, whatever is energizing you, whatever makes you come alive, guess what? God wants you to, God wants to use that to advance the kingdom of God. You know, um, when we choose to listen to God's voice, it steers others around you to see the, the confidence. Not just our confidence, but God confidence that we know that I'm doing this to glorify him. And, and it, it brings glory to our Father. And so our responsibility, yeah, is to carry out what we're passionate about and be confident in it so that we can ignite confidence in, in our co-laborers. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.9, um, it says, sorry, I'm slow. But 1 Corinthians 3.9 talks about that, just how we're, we're co-laborers uh, with Christ. Sorry, I don't think it's on there. But 1 Corinthians talks about that, how it says, for we are, you are God's building. Um, as we are laborers in Christ, that means that we're required to ignite. We, when we work together, sorry, I get we're all co-laborers in Christ. Have God confidence, we ignite that passion in someone else. You ignite that passion in someone else in, in, in this church. And so it's his voice in us and through us, and he's at work ordinarily bringing men and women to faith to Jesus Christ through us, through you, through your passions, through your desires. Someone said passionate people are missing from the church because passionate people are missing from the church. Passionate people are missing from the church because passionate people are missing from the church. 
That means us. That's us. <laughs> that means we got to spark something. That means we got to tap into what's, what's driving us. We got to tap into what, what you delight in so that you can ha- be passionate again. To come alive, I, I mean, that was awesome that, that I didn't even know that. I, well, I knew, but I was like, hey, that's crazy. That last song that we were singing, God wants us to come alive again. You know, we, but we have, we have to spark, off, spark up that, the, the passion inside of us so that it could ignite someone else. Um, you know, we know Christ died for our sins. This is, the vi- this is vitally important, you know. And at the cross, the justice and heart of God was made clear. You know, so with knowing that, with knowing that we are now sons and daughters of Christ, we've been talking about this a lot in Bible study, um, just how we, we were once dead in our sins, but now we're made alive in Christ. You know, um, God bought us at a price. He adopted us into his family. You are a son, you are a daughter, you are royalty. You are not who you were in the past. You are worthy. Amen. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and so with knowing that, you know, we, we have to understand that, that once we believe, once we confess and, and, and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, that means we belong. You belong here. You're not here for no accident. You're not here for no reason. But God destined you to be right here at this very moment right now. Amen. You may have thought, well, I just came to church on Wednesday because I got to go. No, God brought you here for a reason. <laughs> and, and, and so now that we believe and now that we belong, it's time to act. It's time to get on our feet. It's time to do something. Do something for the Lord that will bring him glory. But at the same time, God wants to use those things that spark you. What sparks you? What energizes you? I keep throwing this out because Sometimes we got to just tap into it. Sometimes you, you think, well, I don't, know what's, I, don't, I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't, I don't know. I'm not good at anything. That's a lie from the enemy. <laughs> you are good at something. <laughs> Everybody is good at something. And, and you have to dig deep. But guess what? God, God has a purpose for your life. <laughs> and, and um, man, I have too many of these papers. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. <laughs> and so I say all of this and everything I so I brought this right before I brought this box of crayons (laughs) this is Crayola crayons right everybody loves Crayola crayons I I wanted to go to the Dollar Tree and get just like the generic kind but I was like no I need to get Crayola so I told Brandon let's go to Target please and (laughs) um so we went and um but I show you this box of crayons because it's a box of crayons. It's a box of crayons, right? But inside, there's a lot of colors inside. <laughs> there's a lot. Well, okay, I only got the little size because it was cheap. But sometimes there's like those 64 packs and, 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 you know, even bigger. But, okay, this is a 24 pack. But I just want you guys to know there are 24 different types of colors in here. <laughs> and, and so in, these, in this box, yeah, there's, what, there's orange, there's... There's red and, um, and yellow and blue, but it's not, it's not just, this is not just regular blue. This is cerulean. And then this other blue is like, this is just regular blue. And the other blue is, is, is blue green. Oh my goodness. There's, 
There are three types of different blues. These ones kind of look like kind of the same, but they're not. They are not the same. They have a different name. And guess what? God has given you each a name. <laughs> God has given you each a name. You are not the same as your brother, as your sister, but God has given you each a name. <laughs> You're not the same. You are different. You are unique. You have a purpose for your life. God has come to, to set the captive free <laughs> and to bring life and life in abundance. Amen. And so when you look at all these crayons, you look at there's so many different ones. But guess what? Individually, right, they all bring something to this crayon box. But guess what? They're all a part of what? The crayon box. They're all part of the body of Christ. I mean, I wanted to bring like a body of something like a diagram. I don't know. But that was like crayons. I think of crayons. I like art, whatever. And, and so when you look at this crayon box, this can be like the body of Christ. Inside... We have, this is us. We're crayons. Well, okay, we're not crayons, but you know what I mean. And, 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 and we all are different. We all have a different name. But you know what's so cool? What happens when you mix red and yellow together? Orange, yes. Who said blue? <laughs> this, I didn't hear that. I'm just kidding. You make orange, right? Okay, what happens when you make when you mix yellow and and yellow and blue? You make green. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well when we start mixing colors, new colors start happening. New colors start happening. <sighs> but look, I'm I'm trying to get to this when we we are individually, we each bring something different to the table like I was telling you guys. But together, when we begin to work together, we begin to bring something new as one. So many voices individually, but collectively as we are working together, guess what? Red and yellow, I mean, yeah, red and yellow are making orange. Something different. And, and that's what God wants. There is unity in the body of Christ, but yet there is diversity. There's diversity in this room, right? Not Everybody's not the same. And, and we have to remember that, guys. We have to remember we're not against each other. We are co-laborers in Christ advancing the kingdom of God. But you know what? Sometimes in the church, you see more of com competition. You see sometimes more of enviousness more in the church than outside of the church and hey God says he wants to judge the house before he we judge the world right we got to fix what's inside of the house and and so it's like man God you're you're telling me this and, and I'm like God check my heart because Lord I don't want that in my heart but hey this is something true and I keep moving and shaking but um we are part of that one, you know, and, and, and it's so important to understand that, guys, because together, when we work together, we can, we can bring so much more to the table. We can further the kingdom of God so much because what is God's word says? God's word says in, in, in John 10, um, oh, man, he says, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come so that... I can't read. So that um, I may give you life and, and life in abundance. That's what he's come to give. With this abundance, that means we are to cultivate the passions and desires that God has placed in our hearts and then carry, out, carry them out, right? So not only, we're not only supposed to keep them for ourselves, right? But we're supposed to use them like I was just telling you guys. And, and, and so 
we have to have an abundance mentality. And there's two types of mentalities by John Maxwell I was reading, and, and it's an abundance mentality and scarcity mentality. And, and so abundance mentality um, flows out of, well, first I'll read to you what a scarcity, sorry guys, what a scarcity mentality means. So uh, to be scarce, have that type of mentality means we're very, um, it's, we have a very difficult time sharing recognition, credit, power, even with those who help in the production. They have a hard time being genuinely happy for the success of other people. Um, we can't share our knowledge, skills, talents, and encouragement for others because of the belief that there are only so many opportunities and we must use what we have to compete with another instead of complete one another. That's what a scarcity mentality is, to be like, oh no, I have to have all this stuff and, 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 and I can share it with nobody. In the church, sometimes that can happen. And, and, and you know, instead of, like I said, completing one another, we begin to compete with one another. And, and, and that, that type of mentality um, can, can produce, you know, a disbelief that God has a plan for each person. But that is so contradictory to the word of God because God says that that, that scripture that we're always quoting, Jeremiah 29, 11, but it's so true for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and when, we, when we go into that type of mentality of scarcity, we, we prevent innovation from happening in the church. We prevent collaboration from happening in the church. We prevent creativity from happening in the church because that's what a, an abundance mentality is. It means it flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth or security. So in order to have that abundance mentality, that means we have to know who we are. And that means who we are, we are in Christ now. Maybe your former ways, maybe before you came to church, maybe before you came into God, you thought that I'm, I have to get on top and forget everybody on the bottom. But that's not what it is in the house of God. God wants us to work together, guys. We are co-laborers in, in, in Christ. Galatians 5.13 says this. It says, we're called to be free, but brothers, only don't use this opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. That's what we're called to do. And we only can do that when we are secure in who we are. And who we are is in Christ. We are both sons and daughters of the king. Um, and so there's plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. That's what that abundance mentality is. It's like, hey, you know what? I know that I don't have to gather everything and be like, oh, so-and-so, I don't want them to know my, my stuff. No, um, there's plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in the sharing of prestige, recognition, but it opens possibilities and options. Um, it opens for creativity, like I was telling you guys. So say you see your brother struggling of, I don't know anything. And you're like, oh man, that sucks. And you know you have a resource to be like, oh, that sucks. And not, that's having a scarce mentality to be like, well, they'll figure it out on their own. No, remember, we're building the house of God together, guys. And, and so I say those things um, because oftentimes, more than not, we exchange the truth of God for a lie. We exchange, um, we exchange to glorify God um, for glorifying ourselves in our own passions, in the things that make us glad. When the things that make us glad should be glorifying God, we start to glorify ourselves. And, and, and that's not what it's about. You know, um, God brought, God exchanged 
his son, the death and resurrection to offer us eternal life. And so, like I was saying, he's come to set the captive free. And I want, I want to let you know that you guys do have a purpose and a gift and a call on your life that's been uniquely designated to all of you guys. Um, he has come to give you life, like I was telling you, and life in abundance. And I think I went a little bit kind of weird on my notes. But um, I say all of that because the, the abundance mentality, it creates creativity. And guess what? The, I don't know if you guys ever heard that saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? And, and so, yeah, it doesn't because, like, well, we can say I got it from my mom or I got, I, I got it from my mom or I got it from my daddy because my daddy's creative. <laughs> Our father's creative. Amen? <laughs> Our father is creative. He's the creator. He created the world. And, 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 and I'm creating. I am, I, I am innovative. You have to speak your faith and tell yourself those things, even when you don't believe them. Even when you don't believe them, when you think, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on in my life, but you have to tell yourself and speak that faith of, I am creative, I am innovative, I will take a risk, I will break off barriers, and I will be his hand and I will be his feet. We have to declare that and proclaim that, guys. It's not something that you just think about, but it's something we got to proclaim. I will be his feet, I will be his mouthpiece. That's our banner, the voice. I will be his mouthpiece. I will sink myself into that which delights in the Lord to bring him praise and glory. That's why I keep asking you, what? What drives you? What makes you come alive? Those things want to bring God glory. And that's the way you're going to be God's hands and feet. Feet. <laughs> and, and, and all of those things. You know, um, in order to be the mouthpiece of God, we got to know the heart of God. And the heart of God is... is, is the people is, is to build up the people, to build up the people. We are to build up each other in this church, guys. This is our church. We just said that, that this is our church. We have to build each other up. We can't let a scarcity mentality seep into the church. We can't. We got to kick it out. <laughs> and and it, because in that environment, people can become nervous and afraid and make a mistake resulting in 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 them not wanting to to have teamwork and innovation, and then, and then all of those things begin to die and dwindle. And, and, and God, man, God is a God of creativity. It's not about being artistic. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about playing a violin. I'm not talking about writing poems. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm talking about taking risk of things that God has put in your heart because may you're only thinking about it, and God has only shown it to you, and only you can do what God has called you to do. And, and so... We have to facilitate as a body of Christ an abundance mentality. If someone has a dream, if someone has a desire, what do you think we should do? Whatever it is, build them up. Don't say, oh, I don't know, I guess. That's cool. No. Sis, I think you could do that. I'm going to help you do that. What do you need? How can I help you? Not, oh, oh yeah, let me know how it goes. No. Hey, what do you need? I think that'd be super cool, man. Like, let's do it. Man, me and Miranda, we were doing that Galentine. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I don't know. And, and we were like, what should we do? And, and we are just like, like, and we were feeding off of each other. We were going to Target at like 12 in the night. Oh, was it open at 12 in the night? I don't know. But we were in and, and we were getting like random things and like, but building, 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 building. And it was like when I felt like 
I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I want to. She was like, yeah, you can. Let's do it together. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and, and that's what God wants. God wants collaboration in the house of God. God wants creativity, but he wants us to do it together, guys. He doesn't want you to do it alone because we can't do something alone and it be that strong. We need each other. We need the, the help of, of each other. Um, we have to encourage each other and edify one, one another. And that's what that, the scripture in, um, uh, um, the scripture in, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul starts talking about prophesying, the gift of prophesying, and, and um, he starts saying, uh, I'll tell you guys what he starts saying right now. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, so he starts saying in verse 4, I really like what he starts saying because he starts saying this. He says, so he starts going on and saying like, I want you guys to have the gift of prophesying. Um, and um, for the person who speaks in another language, that's verse 2, is not speaking to men but to God since no one understands him. However, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. But the person who prophesies, this verse 3, speaks to people for edification, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another language builds himself up. But he who prophesies builds up the church. And, and hold on, sorry. He, so he goes down a little bit. And if you go down a little bit, Verse 12, it says, so it's also you too. So zealous, seek to excel, building up. Then he goes on to say a little bit on. He says in verse 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in other languages more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others than, than 10,000 words in another language. And he says that because there's something that happens when we begin to edify and encourage each other. There's something that happens when we, get, when we begin to work together, guys. And, and, and when we begin to facilitate that and contribute to each other, we begin to influence one another, and we begin to, to ignite a passion in someone else's heart. And um, we have to model those, those things. You know, so remember, we're only as great. So I, it was saying that we're only as greater as our weaker counterparts in a sense. And in the previous scriptures, we, we got to help. Helping hands. I remember I tell my preschool guys, hey, we have to have helping hands, guys. No, but it's so true. We have to help each other. And, and, and we got, so some ways that we can facilitate that, that mentality, we have to choose to see, when we choose to see an opportunity, we have to model um, an optimistic attitude. So reminding yourself that there's more than enough. Oh, wait, sorry. What did I do? Uh, <laughs> um... So, okay, let me rewind. When we facilitate in that mentality, these are some ways we can do that. Offer words of appreciation to your brothers and sisters that those things that, delight that they delight themselves in will offer words of appreciation or, or, or let them know, hey, you're doing great. Um, your influence of happiness will increase you as well as them because you're not, you're not edifying yourself. You're edifying the body of Christ. Um, sorry. We have to remind ourselves that there's more than enough. There's more than enough resources. There's more than enough things in the house of God, gifts in the house of God, things that God has given you so that there's no need to have comparison. 
Because like I told you, God has uniquely designed all of us. So that means that what drives you, what drives your brother or sister, guess what? We should be so focused on those things and not on somebody else's lane. So we got to break that nasty habit of comparing ourselves to other people. There's plenty for everyone. You know, we have to take heed to the responsibility for, for our, our gifts, our talents, and, and, and all of those things. And it, because it's our responsibility, it's not someone else's. And, and I don't say it in a mean way. I don't say it like, this is your responsibility to do this. No, whatever you're passionate about, God's been birthing something in your heart, do it. Go for it. That's what my pa pastor Woody would always tell me. Go for it. Do it. Whatever you want to do. Hey, let's do it. What do, you, what do you need, Des? Like, we were like, it was just like, hey, how about we go over to the community out there? Let's do it. We, you know, and it was like, I, I, I'm thankful for that. Because he, he, he made sure to ignite that passion in my heart. And that, we want to do that here. We got to do that with each other here, guys. Um, I, we got to do our own. <laughs> and, and, and I don't say that to be like, oh, well, don't worry. I, I've been telling you we, we work together, but remember God wants you to do only what you can do. Um, not, not what someone else can do. As much as I love cats, I'm not called to be a copycat, right? <laughs> We're not called to be copycats. Um, I am you and you are you. Um, I am me and you are you. Sorry. <laughs> we are cr created to be our own. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and when we do that, we radiate the hope of Christ for other people around us. Not only in the body of Christ, but outside. Because when they start seeing those interactions between us, they're gonna be like, whoa, they're not like trying to be low key about stuff and like try and, I don't know, do something to one up them. No, they genuinely care about each other. We genuinely have to care for each other. Um, we have to celebrate others. We do, we have to celebrate others and their successes and, and all of those things. And, and, and so that's what I, I, I just, I wanted to share with you guys. You know, we belong to a creative God. We were created in God's image, therefore we possess that creativity. This isn't necessarily, like I told you, playing all those instruments. No, it's about challenging the impossible by breaking out of established patterns, uncovering new solutions, championing, championing innovation, and dropping the voice of self-imposed limitation. You got to drop your voice of self-imposed limitation saying you can't do whatever that God is calling you to do. We got to stop the negative talk. Uh, even in ourselves, right? And remember who God says we are, perfectly built for our designated purpose. We got to commit be, to being a lifelong learner, taking feedback, collaborating with each other, and taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone. Those are things that, that we have to do if we want to activate that voice of gladness in our hearts. Because there's something that drives each and every one of you guys. I don't know what it is, but you do. <laughs> You drop those self-imposed limitations and take the risk. Um, and I just want to read this last, last scripture, Galatians 6, 4 to 5 in, in the message. And it says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can 
with your life? I don't know. Oh, it's not up there. But um, so that's that last scripture. <laughs> um, but if we can have the lights down and uh, and we can have the worship team come up. Um, I'm going to read that scripture one more time. If we can just all stand to our feet. Just right now, just, just close your eyes and, and, and just kind of marinate on everything that God was speaking tonight. Because it wasn't me, it was, it was God that gave me this word of collectively we reflect one voice and it's his voice. But individually everybody brings something to the table. And we have to, we have to make that reflection of God, I know you called me. I know you've designed me. I know you've given me a purpose. I know you've given me a plan. And I really do want to fulfill those things. And, and, and that's okay, right? like I was telling you right now, if you don't know. But I just want you to know that you do have a purpose and a plan for your life. You know, um, maybe if, you, if you're here with our eyes closed and, and you, don't, you, you don't know the Lord, as your Lord and Savior. If you have a, a hard time, a difficult time with comparing yourself to other people, right now God wants to break that. He does. He doesn't want you to feel insecure. He doesn't want you to feel like, oh, I gotta do whatever. No. God wants you to know that He created you and He designed you with purpose. He loves you.